Okay. Parshas Bishalach this week. Torah says, um, chapter 16, Pasuk 26. Vayomer im shemoyatishmu lekol Hashem lokecha. And he said, if you will listen to the, to the, to the voice of Hashem, your God, uh, and you will do that which is straight in his eyes, you will listen to his mitzvahs, and you will keep all of his statutes, all the sickness that I have placed in Egypt, will not come upon you. Because I am Hashem, your doctor. Your doctor. That's what Bela said. Bela said is the doc is the big doctor here. Right? She was referring to what it says in this pasuk. Hashem is the big doctor, and there's a precept. There's a there's a there is a um, a precept if you if you. Uh, Keep all the mitzvahs, then Hashem will heal you from all the sicknesses. So I picked up this sefer from uh, Rabbi Yitzhak Zilberstein on the laws of medicine. He's one of the contemporary halachic authorities. I heard it just came was in Israel, and um, he has a five-volume set on all the laws and all the different issues involved in medical ethics. George and his, in his introduction, he quotes this pasuk. He quotes this Pasuk. And he has an interesting discussion. I want to read it. Um, it will open our eyes to a, a different perspective on life. Oh, like when you want to do the mitzvah and you will be saved. Let's see, let's see what he says. So he says that, uh, it says in the Shulchan Arach, it says in the Shulchan Arach, Arachayim, Simen Shen Chavtes, Siftalet, 329, number four. If a person has chas um, if there was a collapse, a building collapsed, uh, and he was found underneath the building, and his he was crushed to he was crushed beyond repair, but still alive. His head specifically. So we are obligated, according to Jewish law, to do everything that we can to save him, to uh, dig through the mound and even transgress the Shabbos, to be Machal Shabbos, if it's necessary, even if he's going to live only for a few minutes as a result of the salvation. You cannot let him, cannot let him or her pass away there as a result of not receiving the services that they can in order to prolong whatever short life they have left because of their injuries that are fatal. So there's a mitzvah, there's a mitzvah to save a life even if the life is, is going to be short and even if the person is going to suffer uh, in the moments that they have left. And Rabbi Zilberstein says, the Me'iri says in this, in his interpretation, based upon, this is based upon the Gemara Yuma, page 85, the Mi'iri says that as long as a person is cognizant of their existence, they can always do tshuva, there's always room to, uh, to repent, to think about, to think about, to, to, 
come back to Hashem to do tshuva. So it's always worth it's it's worth to live even for that. The Chavetz Chaim in his Bir Halacha asks the following question. He asks, the reason why we save somebody is because of what the Gemara says in Tractate Yuma, page 85b. The Gemara says the words, The reason why we save somebody by transgressing the Shabbos is because we say that if we transgress this Shabbos, they'll be able to keep future Shabbosos. They'll be able to keep not only this Shabbos, but they'll be able to keep other Shabbosos also. As a dead person? No, the reason why we save somebody who is in danger on Shabbos, the Gemara says, is if we save them now, even if we transgress to this Shabbos, and they will transgress this Shabbos, they'll be able to keep future Shabbosos. And that's a place. Well, yeah, and that's the Chavetz Chaim is asking, that in our case, asks the Chavetz Chaim, why do we save this person when it's clear that they're not going to live until the next Shabbos? Yeah. Why do they make trouble? Clear who? Clear if it's in the hands of Hashem, then... Yeah, probability-wise. Right. Probability-wise, yeah. do you have to... The expenditure of effort... The expenditure of effort is necessary may not be uh, justified to save the person uh, because, you know, there's a 99% chance that they are not going to, uh, they're not going to live. That's what, the, that's, what, that's, what, that's what he says. That's his question, but he, he says, He wants to quote um, a different answer than the Chavetz Chaim says. According to the explanation of the Divri Yecheskel, the Shin of a Rebbe. And the Shin of a Rebbe explains the Gemara in Yavamis on page 121a. The Gemara there says that there's a din. There's a halacha, there's a law. If somebody, what happens if somebody drowns? So the problem is like this. The problem with somebody who drowns is that they disappear. Now they, they disappear in the water. They don't only drown, they, they, they allegedly drown. They disappear in the water. And we don't then the know. Water bring them back no, the we don't know. We don't. We don't see them. We don't know what what happened to them. They. We see them go into the water. We see them go into the water, and then we don't see them again. Can we assume that they're not no longer alive? Now, the the problem here is the halachic issue here is is that the Mishnah says in Tractate Kedushin on page two a that the only way that a marriage can be dissolved between a husband and a wife is either Mises Habal, the death of the husband, or a get, or a writ of divorce. That's the only two ways. What if the woman dies? If the woman dies also. If the woman dies also, this could be... That, that can, equal, equal rights. Equal rights. This could dissolve the marriage. No. If the husband doesn't want to give a get to the woman, then she's still married to him. Still. No, he's asking that she dies. He's asking that the well, wife dies. Right. He's he's harping on the detail that I said. If the man dies, he wants to know what happens if the woman dies. So I'm answering him. That's right. I have to stay there for you. Three older sisters. That's right. Don't mess with them. 
Now, what happens if he disappears? We don't know whether he died. Oh, yeah, that's the big problem. That's the problem. So we don't know whether he died. Now can she get remarried? That's the halachic issue. Now we have a person, we have a discussion in the Gemara, uh, Yivamis that we just mentioned, that uh, we have the discussion in the Gemara, Yivamis that we just mentioned, that he dis- the person disappears. Person disappears and we don't know where they are. That there's two different types of categories of bodies of water. There is mayim shame lem self. There is water that has no end. The ocean. The ocean, which means that you just when you look at the ocean, there are no boundaries. It looks endless on all sides. And there's water that has an end. For example, like a lake. Let's say a man of a, a, a natural lake or a man-made lake or a river. It has an end. It's not the. It's not the right. So now, if he falls into the Gemara says, if he falls into water that doesn't have an end, meaning it's endless in the ocean, then his wife is prohibited. Ah, thank you. Okay. Wait, wait. She cannot get remarried. Because the water is ended because we suspect, the Gemara says, we suspect that maybe he washed up on shore somewhere else that we don't see. Because since the water, eating. since the water is endless, since the water is endless, we don't, we can't see, or, you know, we cannot see whether he survived. Therefore, we have a question. Maybe he survived and we don't know. Therefore, his wife is prohibited. If the water is not endless, then if he would come up, we would know. The reverse wasn't making, but it, so you'd know because if it's a lake or something, you'd walk around. He would be washed up, but we'd be able to search, and we would see them come up. That makes sense. Correct? That's the that's the the Gemara says the halach, and the Gemara now quotes a bunch of stories to uh, a bunch of stories where people survive by after they drowned, just to illustrate the point. Tanya says the Gemara Amr Rebbe Maisa. There was a there was a story. With uh, two people that they were they were putting they were using nets in the yardin in the yardin in the Jordan, uh, and one of them went into the uh, like a cave, mechila shall dug him, and the sunset, v'lo mechili couldn't see the entrance of the cave, and he was there. His friend was there long enough for, 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 his, for the other fellow who got stuck to expire. He said, I was fishing with my friend and he disappeared and I, I don't see him. In the morning, the sun shined and he, they found the, the, the person who was, who was in the cave, figured out where the entrance was. So he came and he saw that they were making a eulogy for him in the house. <laughs> Wait, so he was alive with the fish? What? So he stayed alive? He survived. Wait, you can't ask questions of a mice. You can't ask questions on, on a story. He survived. You don't know. He survived. He came, came home. There was a eulogy in his house. Amar Rebbe. Rebbe said, How great are the words of the why of the, of the sages? They say that that uh, water that has an end, his, his, his wife is permissible. And, and if they, they say that the, that the uh, waters that don't have an end, his wife is prohibited. Question, right? That's story number one. 
story number one. Let's look at it inside the. Uh, let me just see the inside the Gemara. Let's look at it inside here. Let's go story number two. Um. Story number two. That we have a story number two is there was a story of Ram Gamliel. Tanya Amar Ram Gamliel Mahalach Ram Gamliel said one time I was traveling on a boat and I saw one boat that broke, capsized. And I knew that Rabbi Akiva was on that boat and I was sad because I knew that he must have died. When I went up to, uh, when I went to dry land and I went and I gave, I went to the yeshiva and I sat down to learn the Beis HaMedvesh V'yoshev had done the Farai Bahalacha. He was sitting there and asking me questions in Halacha. I said, Bini, I said to him, how did you get out of the water? The boat crashed. I found, he said, I found a piece of wood. For every, every, every uh, wave that came, I, I bowed my head. And Ram Gamliel says, I said at that moment, how great are the words of the rabbis that they said that water that doesn't have an end, uh, water that has an end, the woman is permissible. Water that doesn't have an end, the, water, the woman is not permissible. Tanya, I'm Rabbi Akiva, another story. Rabbi Akiva was traveling in the boat. And I saw a boat that was also being thrown in the ocean. And I knew that there was a Torah scholar on that boat. Rabbi Akiva now was watching. Umana Rabbi Meir. Who was in that boat? Rabbi Meir was in that boat. So I figured that he died. When I went to the city of Kopotkia, whatever, I don't know how to pronounce it. He was there. And he was asking me questions of halacha. I said to him, my son, who saved you from the water? Amarli said to me, Gal Tardaini, Lechaveroi, I was thrown from one wave to another wave, Vechaveroi, Lechaveroi, Achi Ikani, Leabasha, until I was spilled out onto the dry land. And again, Rabbi Akiva said the same thing. Amarti, boys, Shah, come and give them the How great are the words of the rabbis that they said that water that does it, Shiesh himself, water that has an end, Ishto Muteris, wife is permissible, Maim Shem Levsof, Ishto Asura, his wife is prohibited. If the water has no end. This requires explanation. Right? This requires explanation. Says the, asks the Shinova Rebbe. Why does the Gemara keep repeating this statement after every story? And why, and the rabbis need a proof to, the, to what they said. Mm-hmm. Right? Apparently in all these three stories, this was Mayim Shein Lemsov. This was water that didn't have an end. And that's why they said the woman is permissible and you see that they survived and you see how great are the words of the rabbis. 
You see how great are the words of the rabbis that they said that a person may survive, and you look at these stories, you see people Even survive. In an ocean. You see people, you see people survive. So, so people. So what do you need? What do you need? You need, you need, uh, you need the. Uh, asks the Shinra Rebbe, what, you need the proof to the rabbi's words? The rabbi said that he could survive. They don't need uh, stories to prove that they're right. But in an ocean, what is your chance to survive? What? The rabbi said there's a chance to survive. Like, Wife there is, is a chance, but it's very it's slim, it's slim. It's especially in the ocean, how it's all spread out. Yeah, exactly. And there's a uh, go to the Antarctic. So the Arctic. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder something about the wives, but. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, wait, did you read the? What is it? Unbroken. You read the Unbroken uh, yeah. book about. Uh, forget the. Uh, by Hillenbrand about the you know these POWs the, the runner what's his name. Uh, uh, yeah. It was a famous runner. He went to, I think it was the runner. Was it Louis Zimperini? Louis Zimperini, maybe. Unbroken. They made it into a movie. The director was Angelina Jolie. Uh, really? Yeah. Did you like the, mo- the, the book? I'm not sure if I saw the movie. I read the but book. the book is good? Yeah, so he, they, planned, uh, planned, they were on a plane, crashed over the Pacific during World War II, during World War II and they, they survived on, the, on, on a boat unbroken in the ocean. Unbroken mo- book? For months, they survived. Yeah, Unbroken. By Hillenbrand, I think. Hillenbrand. Hillenbrand. They survived in the ocean. They had a boat. But there were other issues. Shocks, food, sun, dehydration. All kinds of different issues come up, even if you have a boat. So they survived. It's possible. Then they got... True story. True story. Mm -hmm. True story. How did they do it? Where did they get food... That's, that's you gotta read now. You gotta read the story. You know the how book. they did it. I mean, there's obviously water all around them. Can't water. drink the water. It's salt water. Yeah. Can't drink it. Yeah, it doesn't help. It doesn't help you. It was right. Ocean water, you actually die of thirst. You yeah. die. You die faster if you yeah, drink the ocean water. Yeah. It's horrible. So where do you get water? You should have Israelis. Israelis takes the ocean water. Sweet water. You hear? So this. The rabbis say you could survive. The rabbis say it's a possibility to survive. That, we don't know. Too smart, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm not sure if the word is smart. To me, it's like more innovative. innovative. Like they're able to, th- they're able to think, outside think out of the box. <laughs> right. You read the book, um, uh, Startup Nation. Startup oh, Nation, very good book. Show you how they, I like when there's an, they show you the analysis of how you can think out of a box. Mm-hmm. Give you different scenarios of how you solve problems. It's not only being smart. It's not only calculations. It's, uh, Surviving. it's to get around an issue. Startup, startup Nation. Startup, startup Nation. Good very good book. It's about <laughs> the startups. It's about, it's about Google, it's about PayPal, it's about the startup companies that have influenced uh, Intel, that have influenced, uh, who, that, that it shows how the fingerprint that the Israelis have on modern society Thanks is bigger than we think. Yeah, very, it's a very good book, I read it, it's a good book. Mm-hmm.
So the Shin of a Rebbe says like this. He reads 17 in it. Really? The Shin of a Rebbe says like this. Is it Dan Singer? Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah. He, had, he wrote it together with somebody else. Not only him. There's two people wrote it. The, the Rebbe says like this. Since the rabbi, since the sages said, since the sages said that if the water doesn't have an end, a, a, a person's wife is prohibited, their words had an effect on nature. They have brought this power into the world. That they should be a reality in the world that a person can be saved when they fall in such a water. The Rebbe is saying like this. The Rebbe is saying like this. Rebbe Akiva drowned in the ocean. Right? Rebbe, what was the story there? Rebbe Akiva, Raman Gamliel saw that Rebbe Akiva drowned in the ocean. And by all probability he should have died there. But since the sages paskind, since the sages have uh, um, codified the law in Yavamis 121a, that water doesn't have an end. A, his, a person's wife is prohibited because we suspect that maybe he survived. Once there is such a law, they have made survival for that person who drowned in the water possible. Before the law was enacted, it was impossible to survive in such a situation. Once the law was enacted, now there, the, the existence of the law makes it possible that a person should survive. They have created the reality that now you could survive in such an environment. The, wait, one second. The lule chacham If it would not be that the rabbi should be able to bring this power into the world, it would be impossible to survive in an environment like this. When a person drowns in the ocean. That's why the Gemara says the following words, quote, How great are the words of the rabbis? That they said. What do you mean, how great were the words of the rabbis? The reason why the words of the, of the rabbis are great is because through the medium of them declaring that a person, that, 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 that we suspect that a person may survive, Paul, who they have put into a reality, an action by Mirosim with their speech, Sha'ef not so that now it's possible to survive in such a water. And then the story came that the man survived from the from the from the from the the boat that was capsized, the boat that was crushed, and the and the and, and the tunnel and all of that stuff. That's what the Shinnurai wants to say. Because otherwise, why is the Gemara telling us this? Right? Remember the question. The question was, what do we need? The proof to the rabbis? The rabbi said we suspect that maybe he'll survive. So the Gemara, the Gemara says, oh great, now we know the rabbis are right. So they, so they asked the rabbi, wait, we need to know the rabbis are right without the, knowing that the rabbis are right? This is the oral law. Of course the rabbis are right. We don't need to bring up a proof from a story. So the Gemara, of course, is not saying that. Must be the Gemara saying the opposite. The story is true because the rabbi said what they said. Since the rabbi said what they said, therefore the story is true. It's not that the story proves the rabbis, it's the rabbis that made the story true. What do you want to say, David? Is it, is it 
Is it to be understood on the exact level that you're talking about, like as far as um, the person's out in the ocean, like you said, and he finds a piece of wood? Is it symbolic for things other than? Yes, it could be. Yeah, we could. Yeah, we could say that. But it's just not part of. We could say Rabbi Akiva then driving an ocean and what he hung on to, whatever to make a drasha. But if we assume that this is a true story, and all the facts are are on the ground as is, literally. Right, this is our analysis of the of the time. Pulling something down that almost seems like supernatural. Yeah, it's supernatural. Rabbi Akiva was on a boat. The boat capsized, and he was in the base of marriage the next day. Rabbi Gamliel said to him, "What are you doing here?" He said, "I survived because I hung on to a plank of wood." Now, we need to assume there are stories in the Talmud which seem to be irrational, and we need to assume that they're being they're speaking to us in, 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 uh, in riddles to communicate deeper messages. But why should we assume that here? This is a straightforward story. Guy drowned and he survived. Right? Now we need, now we need the, the rabbis to come along and say, ah, you see that they were right? We need that? We don't need that. At least that's the rabbi's perspective, right? So before they bring this down, people were dying. They weren't surviving is what you're saying. Before they bring down this law, right? Before that happens, if you were in that situation... You're, you're not surviving, right. Right. Okay, so that, right. That's what we're saying. Some, some changes happened, right? So that, that, some, there, what, that law has brought down a physical change in this world. That's what we're saying, yeah. We're saying that the... the we're saying, basically, we're saying... We're not saying anything to... We're saying that the, the Medrash says in the Beratius, right, that the Rebbe looked into the, into the Torah and created the universe. The Torah is the blueprint of the universe, right? Which means what? The reality is, the reality is a manifestation of the Torah. The reality is a manifestation of the Torah. The, Hashem looked in the Torah, then He created the universe. He didn't create the universe and then make laws, Right? Here, I'll give you another example. What's his name talks about this? The Lev Elio, Rabelio Lapian. He talks about this. I don't remember if this is the specific example he gives, but let's give this example, right? You'll think like this. Hashem created the universe. Hashem created the universe. Think about it. Hashem created the universe. Now that you have a universe, you can have, make a building in the universe. You can take bricks or, or wood or, as, you know, you could take materials and you can make a building. Now, if you have a building, you have a roof. If you have a roof, the roof could be high. Uh, a human being is not made to fall off a roof and survive. <laughs> could fall and die. So the Rabbanu Shalom said, you know what, this is dangerous. I got to make a halach, I got to make a law. They should say in the Torah, do not place blood in your house, make a fence around the Torah, make a fence around your roof so that people don't fall off. Right? So the, the Lev Eliyahu says, no, it doesn't work like that. It it's, doesn't work like that. It says in the Torah, it works the, in reverse. It says in the Torah, do not make sure, make, make, make a fence on your roof and do not have blood in your house. Therefore, there is such a thing as a roof where you can have blood in your house. Because there's such a law, now there's such a reality. Okay, wait, so the law creates the reality. The law creates, that's what I mean. Yeah, it looked in the Torah and... This is what I'm saying, Ray, you know. Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> I would have a very hard time explaining this to... Uh, 
the, 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 because there is such a law. Now, it, it, here's a, give another example that I bring it home, which is it's counterintuitive, Mamish. It's counterintuitive. You see, what, hopefully we'll bring it together in, in a hospital situation, which we started with the doctors and every, you know, sickness and everything else. We'll bring it together. We'll see that it's, 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 it's appropriate in terms of our perspective, hopefully. But it, the Torah... All right, so Hashem creates the universe, right? So now the way the universe works is, is that you have the, 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 the homo sapiens species, uh, uh, the way that it perpetuates itself through, uh, through time is by procreation, right? People have children, otherwise the, then the species would die out, correct? Oh, so now that people have children, so now you have a thing, you have parents and you have children. So the Rabbanu Shalom looked at the universe and said, there's parents. The children owe the parents because the parent, without the parents, there'd be no child. I got to make a mitzvah. I got to make a mitzvah to honor parents because it wouldn't be right otherwise, right? Since the Torah is the right thing, the Torah teaches us the right way to act. So therefore, if I don't make a, if I don't make a, a mitzvah of kibbutz aim, if I don't make a mitzvah of kibbutz aim, the, the Torah would not be the right way to act because you have, you have to have a car to talk to your parents. Says Rebellion Lapian, no, that's not the way it works. Since there is a mitzvah of honoring your parents in the Torah, therefore Hashem created a reality that there's such a thing as parents. So that you could do the mitzvah. The Torah creates the reality, not in the reverse. So here we have an example, again, the same thing. We have the oral law. And the oral law is, 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 is dictating what the law is. Once you have a law, so then that reality uh, um, is, is propagated, is, you know, sprouts forth. The reality sprouts forth from the law. Not in the reverse. So once the Chachamim said that if a person, it's possible to survive in a water where you can't see everywhere. Now it's possible to survive in a water you can't see everywhere. Is this is connected to Tzadik Gozer and Hashem Means like when a righteous person decrees something, and Hashem will follow the decree of the righteous person. Uh, maybe I'm not sure. I'm not sure because then that, that's a disparate degree. That's nothing to do necessarily with the Torah. Just the tzaddik. So, so are they? Are they wants to decree it? Are, are they then right? Like the law is there, though, is what you're saying. So it means that previous to that, before what we said was previous to that, right? People would die, right? And now they extract from the law. But you're saying, no, it's a reverse. So in other words, did those people never die, basically, right? Okay, so the, you, you, can't, you can't say, based on what you're saying, the law is always the law, right? So the reality exists as a result of the law. So isn't the reality always there then? In other words, if the law is what creates the reality, if you're saying, you know, honor the parents, if that's the law, there has to be parents by virtue of that, does there have to be parents if there's a law? Like, okay, did, so in other words, you, you're saying, it's not because we see parents that you go, oh, that's the law, it's because there's a law that there's parent of honoring the parents, right? Yeah. So, in this particular case, you said before, couldn't say you said, but we were talking about bef before they said this is the law, but you're saying if the, the Torah was already given, the law's already there, right? Therefore, people, in essence, aren't, uh, necess they've ne not necessarily drowned. We said before, oh, they have drowned, but the law was already already there. No, right? they, they could drown. They could still drown. <laughs> but then, they could drown. Okay, 
drown. If they're drowned, then how is she going to be free? But they can drown. What the rabbis create with their law is that there's a possibility they won't drown. Yeah, either way it can happen, but, okay, if we talk in probability and statistics, let's say they have increased the, the mortality rate of a person who drowns in terms of their survival. They're not going to make a person survive. A person's not going to always survive. A person will drown. People drown. And all this. People drown in a swimming pool. Right, but they're prohibited on a because we don't know maybe they'll survive yeah we don't know maybe they'll survive that's why the woman's prohibited because since we're talking about an Issa Daraisa we're talking about a Torah prohibition so we can't if we don't know for sure she can't be permitted a lot of the response a lot of this, this literature hosts of literature uh, in responsa in, in, in because the women had a tough time when the husband disappeared. You know, go on a business trip and he's gone. Nobody knows what. Today it's maybe a little different. But, you know, we have a lot, a lot more communication, and uh, you know, this, you can track a person more. But uh, it used to be a guy went on a business trip and that's it. Nobody knew what happened. Nobody knew how it happened, and that's it. And now, what do you do with his wife? How do you figure out? There's sugyas in Shas, the Gemaras talk about. Witnesses come. She fakes. She says that he died. She knows, but he didn't really. He comes back after she gets remarried, because, you know, or she paid somebody to say, or 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 she paid somebody to say that he died, but he didn't really. Still alive, whatever. You know, the whole kind, all these discussions about about these type of situations. You hear that? Yeah, so it's still an unknown. Is it... Just that there's an increase of possibility of him surviving. All right? Okay. Okay, so now let's get back to our question. So we had a question, remember we had a question, right? What was our question? Our question was that why, that if a, remember we started with the halacha. The halacha that we started with was the Kloisenberger Rebbe asked, we started in the halacha was, is that if a, if a, if a, if a building collapses and a person gets crushed under the building and he's, he's, you know, staying alive by a hair. He's about to die, but he'll live a little bit longer, a few hours longer. If we save him on Shabbos, you're allowed to save him on Shabbos. And asks the Chavetz Chaim, what do you mean? Well, how are you allowed to save him? The Gemara says that you're not allowed to save you, you The only reason why you save a person is because we transgress the Shabbos and she keeps Shabbos later. So the Kozenberger Rebbe wants to answer that with what we just learned now with the Shin of a Rebbe, what he said about the Gemara and Yavamis. And he says like this. He says, the rabbis say that you're allowed to transgress the Shabbos in order to save somebody who is crushed almost to death. In order what? That he should keep a lot of... Because what do we say? Save, transgress the Shabbos to keep the next Shabbos. Ask the Chavetz Chaim, there's no chance he's going to survive to the next Shabbos. What are we saving him for? Says the... Says the closing of forever. Since we say that you're allowed to transgress the Shabbos because maybe he'll live for another Shabbos, because we say that this uh, codification of the law changes the nature of the person's probability of survival given their medical condition. That as long as they are still alive and there is and and they're breathing the 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 the, the breath of life. 
we cannot give up on the, on, on the sick person and we have to hope that maybe they'll survive and keep the next Shabbos. Because since we're saving him, transgressing this Shabbos so they can survive to the next Shabbos, therefore he's gonna, he has more chance now of surviving to the next Shabbos. Because since we, since we allowed them to be saved, the halacha now creates a new reality that a person who is terminally ill and will all probably not survive the next Shabbos if we, trade, if we follow the halacha to transgress the Shabbos in order to save them. Therefore, now they have more of a chance to survive, to survive until the next Shabbos. You hear? Sorry, guys. Do you, you, you hear what we're saying? Same thing. Same what? Okay, so there is a chance he will stay for the next Shabbos. Right. Just because the law is in effect. That's right. That's right. Even though medically everything is... Medically, is that's it. Almost. The doctor's not going to tell that to the patient, but they're telling him that's it. You're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to live another few more hours. Tell the children, tell the kids to come, tell them to start fighting over the Yerusha, right? <laughs> tell them already, they should, they should already have a machoikis, whatever, it's, it's time to come. Right? The doctor say that's it. But since there is such a halacha that the reason why we save a person is they should keep the next Shabbos, now they have more of a chance to live until next Shabbos, therefore we can't give up on it. And he, this is what Rabbi Zilberstein says. He says the following words, via dua, everybody knows. Now this is a man who is experienced in, uh, in these issues. A man who is experienced who gets questions on modern uh, medical issues. Everybody knows that sometimes the doctors say, I don't know how this guy survived. I just don't know. He was mamish on the deathbed. He was ma I know also. I know people like that. I know people that were mamish. I mean, I thought for sure we're going to have, you know, that they would be, that's it. And even the doctor says, I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea how he survived or she survived. And he did all the regular tests, all the regular determinations. And the patient somehow went against the odds. Every doctor knows that everything that it says in the medical books and journals and studies that not everything that says there always is fulfilled. That's what we had. We had the, we had the, the director of Shari Tzedek Hospital. We had the director of Shari Tzedek Hospital last week, listening to him speak. He said, yes, we get patients that have the same issue, you know, they have uh, whatever, kidney failure, cardiac arrest, whatever. And, 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 and from a certain perspective, it's all the same thing, the same procedure. You, you know, uh, what you do in order to, in order to uh, uh, when kidney failure uh, comes, uh, dialysis, and when you have a cardiac arrest, you try to shock the person's heart back into beating, and you know, those are regular procedures. But he said, but every, every patient is always something different. There's never, even they may have the same ail ailments, every patient, there need to be adjustments made and how they're treated, because there's always something different. Only, that's what Rabbi Zobelstein says, only a doctor knows, 
only a doctor knows that this is true. Everything you read in a medical journal, you can't cookie cut, uh, to use an idiom, you cannot put anybody, any person who is sick into a box. Everybody knows that all of the things they tried and then a miracle happened, nobody knows how it happened. If it's your time, it's your time. What? If it's your time to die, and then you die anyway. Right, and sometimes you have the opposite. You have people we know also, we know. I mean, unfortunately, you know, we're all old enough to know. Uh, we've, we've seen this too. A person goes to hospital for a routine procedure, and uh, the next hour you find out they're dead for no reason whatsoever. You have no idea how that happened. It's shocking. It's very shocking, right? We just know of it. Yeah, it just happened a few months ago. A person went in, into the hospital, had a regular uh, procedure. The doctor said, the doctor said, told her, the parents, everybody, be out in a few hours. The next thing you know, a few hours, the person was no longer alive. So it goes both ways. The doctor says, yeah, and it happens the other way. The doctor says, no, it happens the other way. And he quotes the, the Sefer Moginovos to the Meiri uh, that writes the following quote. Av even if the doctor say, lo takona the doctors say the only way that it's going to be that he's going to survive is this way. The master of the universe has other ways. He has other gates. What the doctor doesn't see. Everybody knows that. That's the, what the Mi'iri says. Or he quotes the Shilte Giborim in Sanhedrin 88. Page 18, from the pages of the Rif, he says, It's not clear that a person will die because of this. Even if the doctors say so. There's a lot of people that has been determined that they're going to die. In the eyes of the doctors, we were for awesome cry, and they still survive anyway. Um... Okay, he, he says, all right, listen to this story. He says uh, an interesting story. Um, I heard, he says, from the, uh, I heard from somebody from uh, this, uh, from my grandfather, he says, Harav Rabbi Avram Yaakov Bilomovsky, that one time there was a, a sick person who came to him crying on the house of the, uh, to, 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 to the, to the, to the great rabbi, the Goan, the genius of Yeshua Mikotno, the author of the Yeshua Smalko. And he asked him that he should help him to be healed from his sickness. He asked him, he said to him that he should, the, the, the rabbi asked the sick person that he should write for him the exact place where he's sick, exactly where he feels the pain. So the sick person told him exactly where he has the pain and it seemed like, okay, this was guesswork, but it seemed like there was something wrong with his lungs that maybe had like a hole in his lung. That's what it seemed like at least. So the, the rabbi said to him, 
Atzasi, my 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 advice to you is Lakach Shetisa Le'Eretz Yisrael. You should travel to Israel, Le'Ir Tzvas, and go to the city of Tzvas. Misham Tirape, there you will be healed. This is like already like crazy story, right? Shekin. He's, wait, he says to him, listen, why, but listen to why he tells him to do it. Shekain Hamorad Aswashilair who Marana Bas Yosef. The rabbi of the city is the author of the of the code of law and the author of the Bas Yosef. There is a halacha. Certain animals we have, animals we are you only allowed to meet him if they're kosher. One of the things that makes an animal not kosher if it has a hole in its lung. Right? But why? Because it's considered to be a tray for not allowed to eat. It's a tray for animal. The Marana Beis Yosef says that if you have, if, one of the, if an animal has a, uh, um, in its lung a hole that corresponds to the ribs, and the ribs close the hole, meaning that the lung like attaches itself to the side of the rib, and, 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 and the hole is not open, right? The, the Beis Yosef says in Yoradea, number 39, number 18, that the animal is kosher. That's his position. The others argue with him. But his position, the rabbi of Tzvas holds like that. So he said to him, you should go to Tzvas because in Tzvas, the rabbi said that that's a kosher, which means what? That it's a survivable disease. And you have the same thing, you should go there. And if you go there, he sits, he says, this is the halacha. The halacha will determine the reality of your condition. So he says he did. He did like he was told. He traveled to Tzvas. When he, when, he, when he got to Tzvas, he got better. And then when he was 90 years old, this fellow was 90 years old, he got sick. So the children told him, that he's sick and he has to uh, he has to um, he has to go himself get himself checked because he's not feeling well so he said to them he, he, he waved off with his hand and he said if the rabbi said that I'm going to live a long life because I live in Tzvas I trust what the rabbi says and he says he lived another 10 years lived until he was 100 years old how old was he when he was sick? I, it doesn't say. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. He has the same, he has another story like that also with somebody else in, in the city in Volozhin. Same type of story. City of Volozhin, um, the, one of the people that was living there had a, 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 his lungs were, he was not well from his, from his lungs and he wanted to go and uh, move to a different place where maybe he'll be healthier. You know, maybe he wanted to go to move to Phoenix or Tucson where the weather is better. So he said that his father appeared to him in a dream and he said to him, you should know that the rabbi that's in your city, that, that you should know that um, in, in the city where you live in Volozhin, the custom is to follow the law like the opinion of the Shagasari eh? and the Shagasari holds that this particular sickness is not a sickness because he holds that in an animal, the animal is kosher in such a case and therefore you should not leave to go to a different city. So he told me. Okay, whatever it is, these stories, I don't know, you know, I don't know if I would be able to tell somebody to do that. I have no idea. Um, you know, 
works, it doesn't work. But the, 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 I guess the lesson for us is, is that we should, we sh- you know, Hashem has a lot of leeway here. Hashem has a lot of leeway. And we don't know, we don't know what's going to happen. Even though that things may look a certain way, we should never give up. We should never give up. We should never give up hope. Because it could be that things will work out a different way. The doctors may say one way, things may go a different way. Especially, especially if, especially if the rabbis have made a law that we can, if we survive, we can keep the next Shabbos. So certainly that law that if we survive, we can keep the next Shabbos has, uh, has, uh, has, in, has uh, a direct uh, influence on, on the sick person that they may be kept the next Shabbos. So you go by what the rabbi says or what the doctor says? You always go by what the doctor says. You always go by what the doctor says. Where do we, we didn't discuss an issue of conflict between the rabbi and the doctor. The rabbi doesn't know medicine. The rabbi doesn't know medicine. The rabbi knows rabbi stuff. You know? Yeah, but those rabbis created the reality which over No, no, they the no, they they're, they're, the 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 rabbi's creation of reality was not with the purpose and focus in order to change nature. The rabbi's creation of reality is their determination based upon what they think the Jewish law is. The tertiary consequence or the secondary consequence of that is the reality that ensues. The rabbis didn't say, we want people to survive in the ocean. Therefore, we'll make a law so that they could survive in the ocean. The rabbi said that people might survive in the ocean because that's what we feel is the law. Now that they made that... The reason why there's a law to honor one's parents in the Torah is not that they should be parents. God didn't say, I'm going to make a law that they should be parents, therefore they'll be parents. Whatever, there is, a re- there is a law to honor parents and we don't know the reason why there is such a law. There is. Now that there's such a law, there has to be a reality of parents. The reality in, in, is, ensues as a sequence, as a, as, a, as a consequential result of the law. Okay. Right? So therefore, now the rabbi said, save the person because we transgress one Shabbos so that they can keep many Shabbosos. Now that they said that, when we transgress the Shabbos to save the sick person, he has a chance to live until the next Shabbos. But you know, a lot of people in Israel call Rabbi first to ask, I don't know. make a surgery, not make a surgery, and the Rabbi, whatever he decrees, they go, not with the doctor. I don't, I don't know. know. I, asked you. I don't know. I don't know about these things. I don't know. I have to go. Every no, case different. Every case is to be judged with yeah, differently. Yeah, I don't know. What what right. I don't know. If I was a smart rabbi and a person came to me like this, I'd say go to the doctor. See what the doctor has to say. Did you hear about Rabbi First? Very, very well. His repertoire is huge. People like call him all the time whether they do that or not do a medical question of like why do they yeah we have to see the specifics of what we're talking about can't make judgments on a generality I don't know it's it's just so the words came before the right that's our point our point is hence the title of our class can Jewish law save lives and the answer is yes so rabbis can save lives no 
Well, 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 who gives the jury laws? Rabbis. Well, we 